The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. We are getting fancy on him. It is the Fantasy Focus Football <laughs> Award Show to put a capper on the 2019 NFL season, at least the fantasy football season field. Matthew, Stefania, hanging out with you. It's Monday night. We do, we rarely, well, rarely a, do a show at night. It's an award show. It's award an award shows show. Or in the evening, you get all right. glammed up. Right. Matthew wore a jersey, which yeah. is his definition this of getting is, this glammed up. This is my definition up. of glammed up. Yeah. So, and also, still putting his IFB on, some things, you know, don't change. Some things never change. <laughs> Something new and different. We are doing 10 awards. We'll hand them out. Many of them are pretty self explanatory. Heck, you can probably guess the winners, but. There will be some suspense, we promise you that. The NFL regular season is over. Daniel, do you want to open this gift up now, or do you want to give Matthew the reins first so we can talk about a new development in his life? I think we uh, we open it up, give Matthew the uh, the reins first. Well, maybe we'll do yours out of the mid-roll. Okay. <clears throat> so, I don't know if uh, people are aware of this, but uh, when I first came to ESPN, okay, uh, back in 2007, uh, the management here at ESPN said to me uh, very kindly, uh, perhaps stupidly, but they said, they said, hey, Matthew, we would we we want to put more of an emphasis on our fantasy department, on, on our on our fantasy content, on our games and everything that we're doing in fantasy. We think this is an exploding area and we would love your input. We would love significant input uh, from you in terms of who else we hire, where, where we go, everything like that. It's a debatable decision in that time. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm just going to say But if history it. looks upon it fondly, okay. if history looks upon that time in my life fondly, it will be because of a couple of decisions I made. And one of them was that I said we should hire Stefania Bell. Stefania Bell is a, is a young woman that I have met. She is, uh, she is a fantastic fantasy player. She does all these injury things. She's doing these for a couple of different sites. I think at the time she was doing them for Rotowire, our friends over at Rotowire. And I thought, uh, she is terrific. She is well spoken. I think she will be great on television. She'll be great on radio. She's a great writer. She knows a lot. I think she will make us better. And I was able to convince the powers that be. Wow. That, that, and that happened, right? Um, and yes. so. I think as a result of that, the company has asked me, Stefania, to present this with you, a, oh. recog- a, a plaque recognizing your 10 magical years at the Walt Disney Company. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. I'm so excited. Wow. Look at that. Little 10 so. magical years. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. Stefan, you well, survived 10 name. years with Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> well, that's what she got the plaque for, yeah. is just surviving oh, yeah. 10 years no, with me. It's actually yeah. been a little longer. There was a warm-up period. Oh, so. They normally give you a pin for 10 years, but they gave you a plaque. No, you got the plaque. Emphasize the... Oh, I the... do. Look at... I have oh, there's a little, little pin up in the corner, it. too, yeah, yeah, yeah for when you win her. Right. The, the day-to-day. Every day to remind me that, you know, I have been blessed of a decade. Yeah. I never knew your middle name was Lee, either. Oh, yes. Well, we're sh- we're sharing with the yeah. world now. Yes. Well, here's it's another plaque. Sorry. Here is my Stefania middle name. Stefania like, A beautiful true. name. Thank you. Wow. wow congratulations. But there is no question that Stefania's stellar work oh. over the last decade on all all of ESPN's many platforms yeah. I'd like to has, thank reflected, the Academy. has reflected certainly well on me and everyone else that right. uh, that uh, took a chance on you. So yeah, congratulations. I didn't, I didn't you write a hire. That's for sure. I was going to say, I'd like to thank the Academy. Sure. I'd like to thank everyone who was here. I couldn't do it without all of you. Thank you, thank you. Thank to be you. honest, you could have done it without Daniel. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. 
No, come on, be nice. She's a favorite gal. She's the fun you pick. Here. Yeah. Here. Uh, so anyway, congratulations Thank to find you. Here's very, to a, here's to nice. another ten. Yes. Here's well, to another ten. Indeed. Um, on that. So, so Matthew, uh, I'm going to well give you uh, 90 seconds on the clock. You want to talk about Bruce Allen? Can you do it? Yeah. Well, just you know what I mean. So as we, <laughs> whereas we celebrate a great ten years. Right. Here was Stefania Bell. We closed the chapter on an awful ten years. <laughs> as the Washington Redskins organization gave me the best birthday present I could have. It's my birthday yesterday. As, Happy birthday. As, as people Happy who made, birthday. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. They gave me uh, an amazing present, which is hashtag fire Bruce Allen. It worked. It worked Bruce yeah. Allen no longer a part of the Washington Redskins organization they announced earlier today. And as I said on social media, look, this is not about celebrating somebody getting fired. You never want somebody to get fired. But the NFL as much as any industry in the world, is a results-oriented industry. And the results just haven't been there for Bruce Allen, who has been in charge of all football operations for the Redskins for over a decade. And over that decade, they have one of the worst win-loss records in the NFL. They have become, honestly, a laughingstock of not only the NFL, but um, of professional sports. They are 29th in win percentage during Bruce Allen's era. And so... Uh, Mr. Snyder and the Redskins organization did commonly what, uh, candidly, what should have been done a long time ago, but they listened to the fans. They, they looked internally and they said, you know what? We need to make a change. So I am very excited. I announced on, uh, I wrote a column earlier this year, a love hate column earlier this year on ESPN.com where I said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm sick of being a Redskins fan until they get rid of Bruce Allen. I'm done. I can't root for this organization anymore. Bruce Allen is gone. And so I am back. I'm officially back as a Redskins fan. Uh, if you are not watching this live, I am wearing my Terry McLaurin jersey, number 17. Scorn McLaurin. Scorn McLaurin. Listen, uh, who uh, is my uh, pick for Fantasy Rookie of the Year. Wow, unbelievable. The uh, <laughs> unbelievable what he accomplished this year. And so just representing, I'm back in. I have, I'm cautiously optimistic that, um, uh, that the Redskins will, uh, will hire somebody terrific that can lead the franchise in the right direction. Uh, listen, nowhere to go but up. But uh, I'm back in. Hail the Redskins. Hail victory. I'm very excited. Hashtag fire Bruce Allen actually worked. Did you know this? Last thing I'll say here, Field, and then we'll move on. But uh, our former colleague, Darren Hayes, who's now down in Washington, D.C., he's a sports director down there. And so he he posted this on Twitter. Uh, the hashtag fire Bruce Allen was used over 55,000 times in the past calendar year. 31% of those uses came in the last month. So um, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I will say that I do think I do think it became a movement that a lot of people got behind. And so um, anyway, uh, Why we never get on your bad side. You, yeah. you know what? Here, here's how you get not get on my bad side. Don't become in charge of my franchise for a decade okay, and lead it. us to the dumpster. I'm in the clear then. Do you understand? <laughs> like when he took over, there was a there was a list, a waiting list of season tickets like years upon years long. And now go. literally you can get into a game for five bucks. I mean, like it. It's not only maybe about, even cheaper if you use our SeatGeek promo code FFF. There you right. go. There you, there you go. Secret Squirrel, nice job. Let's get right. to the I mean, honestly, like you know, Trent, he he ran Kirk Cousins out of the building. Trent Williams didn't play this year. Because, I mean, it's just anyway. These are good times in Washington D.C. <laughs> we celebrate. We celebrate the future of the Redskins. We future. We celebrate the future of Stefania Bell at ESPN, who will be here for many, many more years. And we celebrate you, Field Yates. I'm not sure just why. because you're you. <laughs> Rewind.
see news from the National Football League. This is the Instant Replay. Let's get things rolling here. We begin with our one-week wonder. You know what it is. It's the best performance that seemingly came out of nowhere. And being a one-hit wonder is not the same thing as being a one-week wonder for those that are following for Daniel's musical preferences. Our nominees this year, Demarcus Robinson of the Chiefs, who in Week 2 had 35.2 fantasy points. Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals, who had 35 fantasy points. And the Cardinals told us to start him in fantasy football. It just happened like an hour after the game. Which exactly. Right. exactly Thank you very much. John Ross in Week 1 did what John Ross sometimes does, which is out-of-nowhere games. 34.8 fantasy points with two touchdowns included. And finally, Danny Dimes in his inaugural start as the New York Giants quarterback at 34.2 fantasy points. Matthew, you went against the grain here because you picked John Ross. You were the person, only person to vote in such category that way. Quick reason why. Quick reason why is, first off, just process of elimination. Demarcus Robinson had a monster game in Week 2 against Oakland, but everyone did. Like, I mean, you know, Mahomes had a monster game. Like, Miko Hardman had a big game there. So you could have argued him as well. Chase Edmonds had had some success recently. It was just because of... David Johnson and just, you know, listen, my, my whole anti-Twitter rant, I just couldn't vote for Chase Edmonds. You think about Daniel Jones, who came in like you couldn't have possibly known that at all, obviously, because he came in as a backup. Like um, he he didn't start that game against Tampa Bay. I don't yeah, believe. Yeah, no, I thought he start. Was that his first start? I thought yes, that was, it was his. It was that, Saquon who got hurt in the game. It was Daniel Jones first start? Let him back from the comeback. But anyways, no one was talking well, about Daniel Jones. Anyway, having a crazy bananas game. But the person- <laughs> no, they didn't. And, and by the way, also everyone was good against Tampa Bay. But for me, it was John Ross. Who, it, when you think about coming out of nowhere, here's a guy that had been sort of left for dead. A, a former first round pick had dealt with injuries, just hadn't really done much. He's on Cincinnati. We just don't know how good this offense is going to be under Zach Taylor. No AJ Green, and then all of a sudden John Ross comes out seven for one fifty eight, two touchdowns. Look electric on the road at Seattle where we thought at the time would be a tough place to play so that was why my that's why I voted for John Ross but I was the only one without further ado I picked up to Mark I went to Marcus Robinson just because I know Tyreek Hill was hurt but everybody was Mecole Hardman and more Sammy Watkins sure. Travis Kelsey without further ado so the, the, the 06010 Right? That's the name the of the 06010 right? for the one week right. wonder goes to Stefania Bell tell us more Chase Edmonds. Well, you voted right. for him. Yes. Well, we heard that. Matthew kind of gave it away because Chase Edmonds was the one that the Arizona Cardinals told us to start, as you said, failed a little bit too late. But uh. if you were paying attention, 35 fantasy points in that Week 7 game. And let me tell you about his career prior to that. He had just two games with 15 or more fantasy points. He only had three carries of his total 84 carries where he gained 20 or more yards. And in that game, all three touchdown runs were at least 20, 20 yards. yards. Yeah. Okay? So in one game, he outdid what he did only three times in 84 carries before. In the first six games this season, no games with more than eight carries. He basically was a non-factor because, hey, there was this guy, David Johnson, that we were all looking at. So- more to come on David Johnson throughout the show. That much I can promise you. Let's move things along to our next award. This is a big one here. The game of the year, and again, self-explanatory here. In our opinion, the best single-game performance of 2019. The nominees, and these are in order of how many points these players scored, Will Fuller in Week 5, 53.7 fantasy points, the most by any player in a game this season. Aaron Jones in Week 5 as well, 49.2 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey, also in Week 5, 47.7 fantasy points. And then Sammy Watkins, all the way back in Week 1, 46.8 fantasy points. Matthew, you and I actually did not pick the winner, but you and I were the only two people to vote for Aaron Jones. My reason is this. Of these games, like 
that was a guy that you were actually starting. Like Will yep. Fuller, there was still some hesitation starting him because of how, as we know, how brittle he is. Yep. And then Sammy Watkins. I will say, one. Will Fuller was on the love list that week, though. Wow. Yeah, for, that on one. that particular week. That he was on the love list because it was just like he'd been getting all these targets and he hadn't been um, happening. Uh, it just, it, it'd been, it was just like he was due, like regression of the mean. And like, right. you know, he was, he kept being high in like Mike Clay's OTD and, mm. and that, you know, and so I, Will Fuller, believe it or not, was actually on the love list. You can go back and look this up on week five. So he was a recommended start that week. I, however, still voted for Aaron Jones, and I did it for two reasons. Uh, first off, free Aaron Jones, right? Hashtag free Aaron Jones. I got to vote for Aaron Jones. I also thought it was one thing to do have a big game against Atlanta, which is what Will Fuller did as a wide receiver. It's another thing to do it on the road at Dallas. Yeah, four touchdowns right? in that game. Four touchdowns. He was the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006 to have four rushing touchdowns and seven catches in the same game. They were the, the Cowboys were the third best red zone defense through the first four weeks of the season. This happened in week five. And so on the road in an important NFC game, I thought, and, and just also, by the way, it's more significant for a running back to do it than a, a when a wide receiver. Agreed. You know, so that being said, so anyway, so that's why I voted winners. for Aaron Jones. Drum roll, please. The 06 0 we for the game of the year goes to Will Fuller. And let me tell you, I was a beneficiary field. I do believe you remember that game. Wow, Stephanie, Will we could have yeah. not brought this up. <laughs> yeah, the field was well aware of the game. And that, look, I picked him. I had a little personal attachment because Will Fuller was on my team in the War Room League. And I also am well aware that that far act. Far exceeded what he did the remainder of the year. He averaged just eight points per game in his other 10 games this season, so it shows you the difference. Part of the reason he was only starting 11% of leagues is because people weren't sure whether they could trust his health, and they hadn't seen him, as Matthew pointed out, doing it um, on the field. So, look, previous career-high fantasy point total, because he was a guy who could be ex- explosive. He's had big games. Yeah. But it was 29.5 fantasy points. He scored 53 Seven fantasy points in this game. I mean, to me, single game performance. You said because Aaron Jones was, cons- you said that as factored in as him being consistently able to produce. To me, what part of the reason Will Fuller was such a top one game performance was because it was so out of the range of anything else he'd ever done. Tavanya is throwing a perfect game so far. Daniel, what do you got? I got to say the reason why. I, so I voted for Will Fuller as well, and it's simply because it started with a because five. I did. It's, it's five. The, the idea of any any fantasy player scoring a. A number that starts with a five in fantasy is just outrageous. So not that any of these 40 point performances weren't fantastic, but, and also, can we just say like how phenomenal week five was was for fantasy? First time ever, there were four players with at least 40, uh, five players at least 40 fantasy points. First time it had ever happened. Next one here is the comeback player of the year, the most productive player this season that was either injured or disappointing in 2018. Our nominees are Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, Devontae Parker for the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill from the Tennessee Titans, and our guy Leonard Fournette from the Jaguars, who actually didn't even play in Week 17. Still a very productive season for him. It was unanimous for all three of us, the winner, but in second place was Devontae Parker, which I'm confused by only because... All he came back from was disappointment. He wasn't. He didn't come back from no. injury. He just was bad before. I mean, coming back from being bad is that a and, real thing? And by the way, coming back from being bad for four straight years. Yeah. Right. I mean, like Devontae Parker had been a preseason sleeper and hyped up for four straight years. He was a first round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins five years ago, and you know he's he's been a, a massive disappointment. And so it's sort of shocking that in a year in which. There was Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick under center for a clearly rebuilding Dolphins offense that he would put up the kind of numbers he did. Look, I, I actually, it was tough for me to vote between Dalvin Cook or Ryan Tannehill because Tannehill was, I mean, was a backup, was sort of left for, 
you know, left for dead from Miami, didn't draw a lot of interest on the free agent market, signed a, uh, you know, a one, I believe a one year deal to go be a backup in Tennessee. He was traded, but same thing. Oh, was yeah. it trade? Right. Sorry. But he wasn't traded for very much, right? He's a fourth round pick. Yeah. I mean, so, and he was, he went there and then, you know, what he did once taking over for Marcus Mariotto and I believe week seven. Unbelievable. He so, was I mean, remarkable. I mean, he's going to be a very rich man this offseason. Fournette and Dalvin Cook have both been hurt. I personally voted for Dalvin Cook, guys, well, just because I'm just telling you why I voted for him. You want to one? Uh, let's get drum roll, please. The 06 0 goes to, and Stefania, you're pitching a perfect game here, so just keep it going. Dalvin Cook, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, if you're not aware. Comeback player of the year. Well, we all know. I love these guys because I'm spending so much time talking about their injuries that when sure. a guy has a big injury that knocks him out. And I think particularly for me, part of the comeback player of the year has to do with expectations. Ryan Tannehill yeah. blew everybody out of the water, but the expectations on a running back with all eyes upon him to carry the franchise after the year he had coming off the ACL, which I never expected to be a, an amazing year, it usually takes the guys an extra year under their belt before they do the kinds of things Dalvin Cook could do. And I had a feeling he looked really good in the preseason when you're removed from the injury, and he stood up to the pressure and delivered. Yeah, he sure did. I actually yeah. thought that it was pretty clearly Dalvin Cook here with Leonard yeah. Fournette as my next choice. No way. actually was disappointing. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, like, I'm I'm full-on Team Park, Devontae Parker here. Like, what is Devontae Parker coming back from? Coming back from what, though? He's from being terrible for the first three years of his career. Yeah. I mean, okay, because you want to talk about Ryan Tannehill being left for dead? Like, is there a wide receiver that was more left for dead this season than Devontae Parker, who year after year well, after year Odell had spurned fantasy players? Send him to Cleveland to die. I understand <laughs> that. Technically, we just talked about John Ross. We talked about, I mean, like, yeah. like I, you know, I mean, I think, yeah. but I don't think he was Dalvin Cook back from so a big, like, eh, I know? think about it like this. Dalvin Cook came back from being injured, which I understand. But the expectation, like you had said, is that he would be a top 15 running back. Nobody expected this from Devontae Parker, which is why I feel like. Right. There are other categories. But, that, yeah. but yeah. see, yeah, I'm saying exactly. comeback, buckets like a, to be a comeback player, you have to have been there. To start, Correct. he was never there. In the you yeah, he, he, coming he, back. Yeah, he 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 showed up for the first time. Not he didn't come back. He actually showed up for the first time. Maybe we can, we'll have right. Maybe but, we'll find him somewhere. On, we'll find out. We'll find out. Devonte Parker yeah. may make but, the show. But I also feel on. like here's the other thing. I just think as great as Devonte Parker was, and he was very very good. Dal- Dalvin Cook was a top three running back, number two in points like, per game. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly, number and like two. to get a number, like a number two running back. Was, is is more valuable, I think, than Devontae Parker. That's no and this about is, that. But that's the decision. Like, okay, it, so you get you get the number two running back in the second round, or you get Devontae Parker off the waiver wire. So maybe that, maybe there's a, there's a category for Devontae for Parker. We'll that find out. Right, we're, we're not talking about, we're talking about comeback player. Here's what I would say. You you here's the other thing I would say. Sure. And, and understand, I think value is important, especially in a lot of these categories. I think it's less so here in terms of comeback player of the year. To sure. Me, it's okay. Sort of about where they finished. If we were to draft today, right now, for next year. Who goes first, Dalvin Cook or Devontae Parker? Is it a uh, points per – is it an AFC East League? It doesn't matter what the category is. <laughs> Dalvin should, Cook, it's not close. It's Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, and it's not close. All right, moving along here. That's biggest disappointment. You're the right. player who was the biggest letdown this season, sort of the anti of what we've been talking about for much of the show, based on both draft position and production. Here are five nominees, but we are honed in on just a couple of them. 
David I was John- shocked, by the way, that I was not nominated in this category. I thought <laughs> I was a shoe in. You were, I wrote you, you in. Have to be you, in. I know yeah. you wrote me in. I wrote but you in. have Thank to you. play you, in the NFL. You delivered the exact yeah. performance that we expected you to deliver. <laughs> oh, that's what it's not a big Yeah, that's why. David it was exactly what we wanted. He was drafted as RB5. He finished as RB29. Odell Beckham Jr. was drafted as wide receiver 6. He finishes wide receiver 33 on a per-game basis. Better in terms of overall scoring. Saquon Barkley, Brandon Cooks, who finishes wide receiver 66 on a per-game basis, and then Baker Mayfield, a top-five quarterback in the preseason, who finished as quarterback 27. Matthew, you actually went against the grain here. You have an Odell thing, and you just felt like he was the most disappointing player. He was not the winner, though. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you why. I mean, because here's the thing. like Saquon sort of surprised me. Was Saquon what you wanted him to be? No, but like... Saquon finishes a top seven fantasy running back. On a per-game basis. And he was awesome game, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, to me, if you're going to put Saquon on this list, you ought to put Alvin Kamara on this list. Because the argument for those two guys, right. for the argument for those two guys, is opportunity cost. Because you you didn't draft Christian McCaffrey. If you got Barkley or you got Alvin Kamara, you didn't get McCaffrey. So it was the opportunity cost. That's baked in, I think, to the, if you were to have voted for Saquon, it's the idea that you saw CMC every single week and you could have had that and well, you passed on that. Well, there's certainly some disappointment there, but there were ways, but, I think, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to No, I, 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 I'm with Matthew here. That, like, Saquon, um, if we were doing this in week eight, he may have, he may have been the, the, the runaway winner. Yeah, he but finished stronger. Finished. But, yeah. the, the, the way he finished. And But I will tell you why I voted for Odell. Yeah, why OBJ? So, Brandon Cooks missed time, obviously, with the concussions, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley, he got hurt as well. Uh, David Johnson got hurt as well. Odell Beckham Jr. is the only guy on this list that played every single game. And yet, still, and he, he cost the most. I mean, you know, in terms of, in terms of ADP. So, Brandon Not Cooks. Not more than David Johnson. Well, no, that, that is correct. But David Johnson also was, um, it was close for me between David Johnson and Odell Beckham Jr., but okay. I sort of gave David Johnson the benefit of the doubt because of a of a screwed up uh, uh, Cardinals franchise and because he also got hurt. Right. Odell Beckham Jr. was the, to me he was the biggest disappointment because you had to, to if you drafted him this year you drafted him at the end of the first round or top of the second like he he was he cost you a high draft pick and you basically you had to play him every week because you're like I, I can't bench Beckham. But then he killed you every single week because he just never produced. And you were like, well, the schedule gets easier. Well, this has got to be the week. And, oh, look, he's getting the targets. Like, he was drafted 13th overall. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that just like I had – listen, and I'll cop to this. I feel like Odell Beckham Jr. was my worst call of the year because I was all in on him. We're not doing and, bad calls. In the I know, but I'm just owning season. it. Just relax. Okay. I'm just owning Stephania, it. You want to own it for the entire understand. fantasy community? Because the entire fantasy community said that Odell yeah. Beckham yeah, yeah. Jr. was going to no, be a top no, five. 100%. I, I, I was not alone on that island. I was not alone on that island. It's the celebration show. All right. Stop. Stefania. Beckham was my vote. The biggest disappointment. It was brutal. And he represents to me the entire Browns organization, which I think was the biggest disappointment this year. I only have – I don't normally want to correct you, Matthew, but you said he was the only player on that list to play all 16 games. The reason why I know that Baker Mayfield played all 16 games because the Browns actually <laughs> had the gall and the gumption to tell us that Baker Mayfield would be their first quarterback to start 16 games in a season in 18 oh, years. you're right. But the Browns, I, I didn't see the Baker Browns. even on the list as yeah. a big fantasy yeah. disappointment. Stephania exactly. keeps Fair. up the red-hot streak. The winner is the 06-0-1 OE4. The most disappointing player of the season goes to... The aforementioned David Johnson. Look, I drafted David Johnson also in the war room. So you're to blame. uh, Really, it is my fault. Yes. Well, and we had such... The curse is Stefania Bell, Daniel Dott. No, but really... little tiny ankle problem partway through but here i think to me part of the disappointment with david johnson was this precipitous fall off a cliff that no one saw coming 
after he had the ankle issue. Now, he didn't start out, you know, amazing or maybe carry your team as much as he wanted to, but he scored in each of his first three games this season and only one of his games since that time. And listen to this. Week 7 through 17, only one finish inside the top 50. About that. You heard me, the top 50. Sometimes he wasn't even on the field. We didn't even understand why. Healthy scratch, confusion there at Arizona. Uh, there was really, there, there, it was never clearly stated. Once Kenyon Drake came in, the signs were there that he was done. But it was never really overtly stated because if you remember, at one point, Cliff Kingsbury said, well, we got to try and find the right balance for our running backs. So if you're a fantasy player, you're thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's still a little hope. Biggest disappointment of the year. Okay, so I, I'm having I, a. I was. Just, I'm just gonna say real quickly. Here's my my argument here, and I know that he won it, but I just want to quickly argue this because David Johnson at least gave you some usable weeks, and then towards the second half of the season, at so least did Odell. you, huh? So did Odell. Odell got Odell had one top ten finish the entire year. Okay, but yeah, Randall Cobb had two weeks in top ten. Anthony Miller had two. Corey Davis had two. He had two. No? Ga- he had two <laughs> games with an uh, with nine, more than ninety receiving yards. He had just four games with fifteen fantasy points or more. Right, like I mean, so he, like, he has four fantasy. That's four fifteen. That's usable. That's David, usable. David Johnson had had some actually really awesome games earlier in the year. And the other thing is, uh, is that once David Johnson came back and you sort of saw the writing on the wall, you knew towards the second half of the season you didn't you couldn't use him. So you at least benched yeah, him. You, you, you had to point. use Beckham okay, the whole you time. It. You made the point. You're wrong, but you made the point. Yeah. I, d- I do disagree with you because the whole point is if you have to bench a guy that you drafted at the tail end of the first round, like yeah. that's a You're huge disappointment. That's why he was nominated 100%. Yeah. Yeah, the, listen, I'm not saying David Johnson wasn't a massive disappointment. He was. I'm just thinking I, <laughs> I, I think Beckham up. was more yeah, so. The music's playing. Devon Dams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along here, let's get to the waiver wire wonder of the year, the player who held the most fantasy value after not being drafted inside the top 160 players. The five nominees are as follows. Devontae Parker, we've talked about a lot so far this show. Darren Waller the Baller, one of Matthew's favorite preseason calls. DJ Chark, who Stefania grabbed in the second to last round of the War Room League draft. Josh Allen, who was drafted in just 20.7% of leagues, and Smokey Brown, his teammate, who drafted in just 34.3% of leagues, he finishes wide receiver 23 on a per-game basis. Matthew, you wow. went against the you know great... what? You know who I'm surprised is not a nominee on this list? Who's that? Jackson Ajello. Jack... Oh, Ooh, I agree. Ooh, Jackson yeah. was a nice... Waiver wire nice find of the year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Jack, Matthew, Jack, you want to explain who Jackson is? There Jackson, yeah, Jackson is our PA that works uh, on the show, and Jackson came in halfway through the year to be able to help not only publish the podcast, get it out a little bit earlier, but has handled almost all of our social media since he came in, which has been fantastic. If you've noticed that things look more succinct, it's because Kyle stopped writing elongated oh, tweet, God, no, like, tweets. Like, war and peace. And, like, yeah, <laughs> and Jackson was able to just put it into like normal human speak. <laughs> right, it was fantastic. That's right. Jackson and Jello. Yeah, no, exactly. So anyway, if you're watching the show, you, you get a, a shot there of, uh, of a new, of random guy, uh, Jackson, who, uh, we just picked up off the street. So he's, he's honestly been the waiver wire find of the, of the year for me. Exclusively but, in uh, deep leagues. Huh? Exclusively a deep league find. Exclusively a deep league find. Listen, we all are. That's right. Yeah. Let's be, uh, let's be very clear here. Matthew, you went against the grain of who actually ended up winning. You went with Darren Waller, the baller. I'm sure this is just a personal pick because you liked him during the preseason. Loved him during the preseason, but I also, part of me, I also, again, I, I looked at opportunity costs. Like, were D, was DJ Shark, John Brown, and Devontae sure. Parker great? They were all awesome. Sure. They were awesome. But they're also wide receivers where it was easier to find people, right? Same with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was awesome. But again, it's easier to find a quarterback, stream a quarterback week in, week out. But the tight end position was such a landmine this year, such a disaster. 
And to find a guy in free agency that finished as the sixth best tight end on a per game basis this year, to me, I think just the position that he played, the production was great for all these players, but I think Darren Waller, and yes, there is some personal bias there because he was my guy. I love Waller the baller, but honestly, I do think it's a legit vote because of how hard it was to find a a usable tight end this year. You know, listen, people are sifting through like, ah, maybe this is the, this, maybe this is the week that Kyle Rudolph scores a touchdown. Like it's just, you know what I mean? Like I just felt the tight end position was so hard. Remember, here's a guy that led the position with five different hundred yard games. He was first in percentage of team receiving yards, second in catches, second in receiving yards among tight ends. Wall of the baller, uh, who was, who was not drafted in over 80% of ESPN leagues is my vote. For waiver wire wonder, but once again the voters nice got it wrong. Pick for you, Matthew. You didn't get the right one, but nice pick. The O six O one O E for the best waiver wire find of the year goes to Stefania Devonte Parker. How about that, Devonte yeah. Parker? We just we talked about a whole time already. And you know what I think is the stat that jumps off the page the most for me? Weeks 11 to 17, he was wide receiver two in fantasy points, only behind Michael Thomas. Devontae Parker, I remember you talking about him, Field, when you were writing your waiver wire column, and I felt like you had to push him on people, and I think it's because people had seen him and didn't really believe. But if you picked him up, he ended up being one of the most productive people on your fantasy team. He was incredible. He was start to finish good. He met the challenge of big moments, played great this past Sunday. Yesterday, wow, feels like more than just one day ago. Devontae Parker, to me, was the clear-cut winner. Stefania has picked all five of the correct winners so far yeah, no as we are now deal. halfway through our awards. I want to say really the quickly, one. The, the reason why I didn't vote for Darren Waller, and Matthew, I wonder if this is going to make sense, is the idea that not only did I hear you talk him up all preseason long, but he was a trendy sleeper at the tight end position. You were on it. Obviously, when we went to the combine, it was a thing that we had talked about with the offensive coordinator there, but the idea that there was at least a little bit of an expectation, and you were talking about Darren Waller, nobody was talking about Devontae Parker, and so that's sort of what piqued me towards the Parker edge a little I, bit more. I think fair I think enough. that's fair. I will say that, like, we talked to everyone else, like, DJ Shark, we talked up it. We talked up preseason, especially yep. when the reports were trying to come there. out. And you know, John Brown and Josh Allen were both you know preseason sleepers for a lot of people, yeah. including us here. I think John Brown actually made the preseason loveless, in addition to Darren Waller. So, um, but uh, listen, it's hard to argue with Devontae Parker, who you know his story is nothing short of remarkable. I love the holidays. You know who else loves the holidays? Burglars love the oh, holidays. That's right. Yeah. They know you're going out to shop for last minute gifts or after holidays gifts, or you're off to visit family or going on a Burgle, long vacation. Burgle. So you have to ask yourself, Burgle. what does real protection mean for you? Well, with ADT, you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security combined with 24 seven monitoring for the most trusted name in home security. Customize your system to fit your homes, everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, Smart locks and lights, all controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. So help protect your home this holiday season and get the nation's number one smart home security provider. Get ADT. Visit ADT.com today. We're going on a very, very quick break. So go nowhere. We'll be back in just a minute. Fantasy, you're in the home 6010. are back and all eyes are on me right now because oh, for those that don't know right. we did a secret santa just before the holidays and daniel unfortunately was very sick uh that day that we had it which left me out in the cold a poor little giftless boy <laughs> because daniel 
Well, got, I guess Daniel got me. You were assigned me for Secret Santa. Of course, it was done anonymously. Accurate. Which yes. means that I am now left. Open up my gift right now, which I am doing. Yeah, so there's a gift. I was very excited. I bought it uh, It within plenty of time. I bought it before a Secret Santa thing, but I got this for Field. Really excited about it. Whoa. Field, all right. What is it? What is it? Wow. Share. It's a Rambler. Are those of you familiar with, the, with what uh, Rambler is? Oh. Wow, this is really cool. Okay, uh, and, so, oh, so it keeps your when you go out with your well. Well, hold your, on. How about how about we have field it. read the card? We'll see exactly this what it does. Okay, okay, that I got. This was <laughs> someone slid this into our awards package. Dear Field, I love you. You're the best cast member on the show. Uh, read that. Start at the top. Don't start at the bottom. Oh, okay, got <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just like every proper foot needs an accompanying boat shoe, so does every craft beer needs a koozie. I hope this rambler keeps your treehouse as cold as Matthew's decision to put Jameis and Drew Brees on the week 14 eight list. <laughs> Love you, bud. Daniel. P.S. You are the best member of the cast. I made I that last that part. Up. I want to see that note. I want to see this note. No, no, no the last part was made up. The last no. part was made up. Thank you, Daniel. This no. is so sweet of you. Do you understand? Uh, this is so fun. Um, by the way, it was Jameis Andrew Brees on the week 14. Jameis yeah. Andrew Brees on Andrew the week 14. Brees. Both is, of whom went off in week 14. Unbelievable. It's interesting. It's I'm just I, I can't wait to drink out of this. Yeah, I'm just curious when yeah. you get like a, a sweet note like this. Yes. And it's unbelievable. So saying I love you and everything like that and and uh, from from Daniel, I I just want to take a moment here to turn to Thirsty Kyle. Thirsty Kyle, and ask you how it feels to see something like this because Daniel Dot posted a number of videos on social media. Sponsored videos in which he he made you somebody who doesn't actually drink alcohol, um, uh, hold a beer and talk about how how great his friendship was with you, and now here he is giving another beer to Field Yates, saying how much he loves him. Do do you feel slighted in any way? Do you feel like you were used for the commercial aspects of at something to break on Instagram? Not in the least. He's got a lot of love to share. We're we're good. And the thirsty nickname, you know, with the beer, I, I get it. Well yeah. done, I agree. Let's move on to our next award, which is the Rookie of the Year. This is the player. No fun. There's no fun. It's come on. No, nope, it's been the, the NFL for at least are, oh ten seasons. No, just kidding. I'm trying America. Fantasy football's top producing rookie. The nominees are as follows: Josh Jacobs, Matthews, Ride or Die. You nailed that one. Miles Sanders of the Eagles, who has been uh, who was awesome and will continue to be awesome for them on Sunday when they play. He's expected to give it a go for Philly. Terry McLaurin, Matthews wearing his jersey. Hmm. Wonder who he'll be voting for. Kyler Murray, number one pick in the draft, and A.J. Brown, who exploded onto the scene. Matthew, you're the only person. As a matter of fact, there were only three players that received votes. One of them got just one vote. It was Terry McLaurin. You were the guy that voted for him. Higher weekly finish this season than Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr., and Tyler Lockett had six different finishes as a top 20 wide receiver this season, despite the fact having to play with three different quarterbacks here on a Washington Redskins offense that was 32nd in passing yards, 30th in completions, tied for 28th in passing touchdowns, and yet still 58 catches, almost 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, averaged 13.7 fantasy points per game. It was a brutal, dismal, awful, horrific season for the Washington Redskins, but one bright spot was Terry McLaurin, who I think is an absolute find, and so fantasy rookie of the year. Yeah, I just sort of I felt like because this is one where um, obviously my heart's a little bit in it, but the other piece of it here is is that when you think about Josh Jacobs, you think about Miles Sanders, you think about uh, Kyler Murray. They were all drafted at yeah. various you know 
No, they were, but no, they were. No, I mean, no, Miles, I Miles Sanders was a trendy sleeper in the preseason. Josh Jacobs. No, I'm not, not debating any of that. I'm, yeah, yeah. So my argument was in terms of fantasy rookie of the year, I also baked into the fact opportunity cost, and McLaurin wasn't drafted in any league whatsoever. So he was a free agent that you could pick up off the waiver wire. A.J. Brown also in that mix as well. So he was the other guy that I was thinking of. Um, but I thought, I thought McLaurin, because of the consistency that you got out of McLaurin and just because of the toughness, feels like A.J. Brown didn't really take off until Ryan Tannehill got under center. I love McLaurin. He's going to be really promising. But from weeks 4 to 13, he had one game over 10 points. Just one. Josh Jacobs, far more consistent player, in my yeah, opinion. He absolutely was. But we have not yet disclosed the winner, which is why we head over to the 6 one for the Rookie of the Year goes to Stefania. Josh Jacobs. Oh, there you go. Fields, since you and I voted for him, he is now our ride or die. Matthew right. no longer gets to call Good way him putting that. Putting it, Stefania. Only player with three games of twenty or more carries and multiple rushing touchdowns. And you know, from my point of view, Josh Jacobs injured his shoulder badly in October, and yet he continued to play through it. Played week in, week out until they forced him to sit out a game in Week 15, and he was tearful. Because he really wanted to show his toughness and be able to play consistently. He came back for one more game, struggled to get through it so much so that he had a hard time taking his equipment off in the postgame. A lot of heart and a lot of talent for this young man and love to see it. Yeah, he was awesome all year. Can't wait. He was my fantasy ride or die. I have no no issue with it. It's fun. You were all in it. You seeded the title. We get I absolutely did not. Fantasy ride or die (laughs) means ride or or die. Don't we were the- all hoping the die part would take place, but unfortunately we made it to week 17. Matthew was still with us. I so. yeah, no. Look, look, I just, I, I, listen, I, I just had a big birthday. I, any minute now. And honestly, driving here, I could have, I could have, uh, skidded out. It's brutal, brutal conditions Funky to get storm, here. I easily, it's become a tradition uh, here with the awards show, the oh bad weather we do. Weird weather. Let's move along to our best value, the yeah. player whose production exceeded their projected value based on ADP. So this was players that had to be drafted in order to actually be nominated for this award. Lamar Jackson, get used to his name for a while. Austin Eckler was actually uh, drafted more than you might think because Melvin Gordon's status hanging in the sure, balance. Chris Godwin, a very popular sleeper in the preseason. Not even a sleeper, but a breakout player in the preseason. And then DJ Moore. During the preseason, a lot of buzz about Curtis Samuel. This podcast was strong in the favor of DJ Moore going to be the guy Oh, for yeah. the Panthers. Yep, yep, yep. I know um, everyone else was talking Curtis Samuel buzz, and we would, were very I, much I, like... I'll cop to that. I was talking Curtis Samuel buzz a lot more, and I think, you know, there were flashes, but not like DJ Moore. Field, but Field and I were very much you against the were. grain, which we were like, we are still planting our flag on DJ yes. Moore. Austin Eckler got one vote. It was uh, from our, our colleague, Matt Bowen. Sure, yeah. I will um, I will just give you the case for Austin Eckler, what I assume that Matt Bowen was thinking. Austin Eckler, who went in the 10th round, right, and finished as the fourth best running back in fantasy. He was a top five running back six different times this season. He was a guy that just absolutely crushed for you. Obviously running back so hard to find and to get somebody as good as Eckler was at the start of the year before Melvin Gordon came back, he was unbelievable. And then you think about what he did after Melvin Gordon returned from weeks five through 17. Again, Melvin Gordon is back and yet Austin Eckler still the, uh, he was still the fifth best running back in fantasy. And so that value in tenth round to find a to, to find a top five running back in the tenth round, yeah, weekend that had the weekend weekend week in week out consistency of Austin Eckler, it's pretty amazing. I want to ask you this question: If you looked at everybody's point totals, Lamar Jackson, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, and DJ Moore, right now, end of season, and said which of these at week one is the most unlikely for them to reach? I think Austin Eckler hitting three hundred and nine fantasy points. 
the rest of them were large. Like Lamar Jackson put up a ton of fantasy points. But is it possible if it all came together? Sure. So the idea that like Austin Eckler getting 300 fantasy points, I think, is the least likely. By the way, especially if you'd said, especially if you'd said, all right, here's here's all these guys. Here's the point titles. Which one's most likely? By the way, Melvin Gordon comes back week four. Right. Uh, Austin Eckler had the second most fantasy points amongst running backs just through the air as a receiver since the NFL AFL merger. Wow. Second most ever. <laughs> Trailing wow. only That's Christian McCaffrey step. this year. Who I remember to... the NFL AFL merger. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was you a good party. We had a, we had a lot of fun. That was a party, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Stefania, awesome we're going to head home over to you uh, and be, be careful, Stefania. I'm just going to tell you to save some of your ammo because oh, you yes. might be a popular player. But without further ado, the 06 OE for the best value goes to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, of course. I mean, no, Bram. I mean, come right. on, Brainer. Right. Moving along. Look, Any Lamar reason Jackson. to belabor? You already mentioned 415.7 fantasy points. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Six so, touchdowns per one pick this season. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't least, think anyone saw yeah. that coming. To, to me, to me, all you have to say because everyone knows you don't need to rece- recite stats about Lamar Jackson or anything like this. Everyone knows he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. He was the number one player in fantasy by a significant margin. But all you have to say is like thirteenth round, thirteenth yeah, round, yeah. incredible value, league winner for 13th you, thirteenth round. Let's get on to our breakout player of the year, the, bla- the player whose production exceeded expectations. And this player had not previously emerged as like a surefire, no doubt about it, fantasy asset for an entire season. Some familiar names. Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin, who made the last category as well, Devontae Parker, Darren Waller, and also Austin Eckler. So all five familiar names here. We all voted for the same player. I'm going to hand it right back over to you, Stefania. Without further ado, the 060-OE for the Breakout Player of the Year goes to... Come back up to the stage, Lamar Jackson. Hey, don't go too far. That's right, award. Lamar. That's right. Look, Godwin was amazing. Devontae Parker. They're all See, like, to me, Devontae yeah. Parker is more breakout than comeback because he didn't come back from anything. Again, <laughs> Austin Eckler, I think same thing Like as a, as a legit RB1. Darren Waller is a top five tight end. But I felt like again, we Lamar Jackson of uh, Chris Godwin last year, so there was a hint... Yeah, he was, a, he was a trendy as, sleeper right, 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 right. for a lot of people. Well, Lamar Jackson, myself. really, there was a lot of doubt when it came to Lamar Jackson. And instead of him, you know, yeah. succumbing to all the pressure, he soaked it up. I mean, he, he just, he What's blew expectations out of the, he blew expectations out of the water. I'll also say this about, uh, just real quickly, just want to clarify, uh, Chris McCaffrey was the number one overall player in fantasy. Lamar Jackson was the number one quarterback in fantasy. I misspoke earlier. So Sorry, I was a little bored. Uh, to... we, I, I, we, we've been talking about Lamar Jackson a lot. Right. So uh, all of a sudden, you have, you have some me, new swag. Fashion forward what are you like there? I always am. What are you wearing there? I've, I've, I've procured a new shirt. Uh, how'd you I'm get that? Stand up here. I found it. In wow. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't know. Losing There's Parker. Yeah, is that like, is like that a crappy Parker. band people haven't heard of? Wow. Yes! You don't know how right you are. As a matter of fact, there's wait, somebody wait, actually, you know actually who is a member uh, Jackson, of Jackson. You're not familiar band. with them, are you? You're not wow. familiar. Jackson probably not familiar. You Kyle familiar not familiar. Losing Parker. Kyle, you uh, familiar with Losing question. Parker? Never heard Daniel, of him. Familiar with Losing Parker? Daniel, or no. Tell us about this who sent you that T-shirt. Band. He. I found it on eBay. Yeah. I got this Good as a stuff. Christmas gift. Wow. Yeah, I actually got two of them. Everybody I bought it for him on eBay. Losing. Wow. Losing Parker. So there's a there's a. So, so uh, careful, careful. back yeah. before before I left for the uh, the Air Force, I was in a crappy band you've never heard of called Losing Parker. What? Oh my what? God! Are you serious? Is this for something? Wait, can you sign this? <laughs> Will you sign my no, kid? Did my mother send you those T-shirts? No, I got them on eBay. 
I don't believe you. This was a hot, it was Where's like, mine? You know, eBay has suggested uh, well, ideas. You know what? There were right. only two left. Well, there were only two left? Yeah, yeah, Did you guys yeah, only we... print five? We <laughs> printed. <laughs> I, Look, they're oh hard to come gosh. by. They're collector's I'm items. sure they are. You have oh, no idea. I'm so... Oh, do you have photos? Stop it. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that my mother sent you photos. wait. Oh wait! You oh, I'm check. so mortified right now. I don't know if you guys can take a close up of that. Oh my uh, gosh! Like can you take a close up of that picture? Squirrel. Oh my! You guys I, look like a bunch of Harry Styles. No my mother is going to get an earful when I get home. Mama I'll tell you that right, right now. Oh, I can't because. Oh my gosh! My little brother, my best friend David Williams, uh, our drummer Mikey P. This is uh, amazing. Are wow. you guys available on iTunes or no? Uh, no, nothing is on iTunes. Okay, gotcha. SoundCloud. Uh, no, we don't. We don't have any you don't music. Have a that we used to have a MySpace. You know, but, oh. but I'd like oh, to. Oh, that's got to be Does that still exist? <laughs> MySpace oh, does still find, exist, but not in the same way. Find the losing Parker MySpace page. Um, so bad. Just, every band has a story behind its name. Perhaps you care to share yours. Wow. Did you guys have a guy named Parker and you lost him? Be honest. We well, made. A- you know what? <laughs> I believe there's a story about that. Yeah, please tell Come us, on. Daniel. Come on, Daniel. It was a, it was such a terrible story. We made up a story that uh, we had a drummer uh, who played with us and unfortunately passed away in a very serious car accident, a uh, plane accident, excuse me. Uh, and so we named the band Losing Parker because of it. That's not true. It was just like a little duck that we had that we would like bring with us and someone lost Parker. Uh, they, they, yeah, he would come to all it the shows. What is this like, actually, uh, Vince Vaughn from yeah. Wedding Crashers? Yeah, lost a lot of good. We, 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 we tried to, we tried to make up like a cool like to be like you a you know legit to get emo the girl, band. So you had a story, yeah, basically that you told. So you would drag them in with the sympathy and hope they all stayed the, for the all kids. the sympathy, and then it was just like heartbreak over and over and wow. over. Again. Eric Hutchinson slash Kitten <laughs> Chip slash wow. Losing Parker. I'm so disappointed. I cannot believe that you're wearing this right now. My mother is going to hear it from me. I sleep in it already. No, it's be great. Oh my god. Let's move along here. With so our last this is amazing. Losing Parker. Yes, Wait, are, are you know, still in touch with the members of Losing Parker? Well, I have a lot of questions. My little brother played no bass, yep. and my best friend who lives in Boston, Dave, uh, he played guitar. So, uh, like the three of us talk all the time. Uh, Mikey P, who is our drummer, I think is a he's a missionary in Africa now. He's a like wow. a solo pilot uh, to wow. do like tw- twin engine, like taking supplies to and from Africa for wow. needy uh, places. So, so yeah. I haven't talked to Mikey P in a long time, but the rest of them, yeah, I talked to you know him. What, what would it take? Probably listening. What would it right take? Now. And this is just something for everyone to think about here. What would it take? Um, you know, and uh, for us Elizabeth, to go on Elizabeth tour with Fearman, Dance, Gavin Dance, Elizabeth Fearman, if you're listening, Matthew what Barry. would it take to reunite Losing Parker? It'd take a lot. Losing. I don't think my little brother remembers how to play any of the bass lines. Uh, no one expects fine. you to be good. Yeah, Here's the positive. Yeah. We didn't say you guys had to play well. We just said we had to. <laughs> what would it take to reunite? Nah. Like if we got Kit and Chip, if we got, if we got, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, if Kit and if, Chip came to do a live show with us, because I know that's never going to happen for a fact, because I know that they'll never sing live. I know that's not going to happen. What, uh, um, okay. what about what about uh, international recording superstar Eric Hutchinson? If Hutch wants us to what open about, when um, he plays at Mohegan Sun, then we what will about, consider. Uh, what about uh, the members of Darius Dance Gavin Parker. Dance? I would go out and tour with Dance Gavin Dance. We'd okay. make that okay. happen. Okay. Whatever, so, Tillian, you hit me up. Happen. Yeah, this is our goals for 2020. New Year's resolution. Yeah, we got to figure this out. We got to get New Year's resolution listen. for 2020. Losing Parker. Listen, listen. We get the band back together. As Look, Devonte Parker made a comeback this year. Next year, it's losing Parker. <laughs> oh my God! Come on, up Parker. Synergy. Yeah, Move exactly. Along to our last couple of words. I, I decided the, the name of the band "Losing Parker" is because you guys drafted Devonte Parker like five years <laughs> and ago, and we still and yeah, you dropped yeah. you dropped him eventually. You kept losing, right? It was a dynasty league. Yeah, a dynasty league. Eventually, you dropped him. 
All right, let's get to our playoff MVP, the player that had the most value during the postseason. I'll tell you who the MVP is. Weeks is Mama 14 Dop. through 17. That's right. Mama, Mama Dom coming in. Is, with this losing part of is unbelievable. You guys should see these photos. Uh, this is weeks 14 through 17. So uh, players like Lamar Jackson would be excluded because he sat in week 17. The nominees are Christian McCaffrey, obviously, so good all year. Kenyon Drake had 100 fantasy points during those four weeks of the playoffs. Michael Thomas kept up his incredible season. Drew Brees was the top-scoring quarterback. Saquon Barkley was the number two running back behind only Christian McCaffrey. And Tyler Higby was the number one tight end. That's right. Tyler Higby was the number one tight end. Um, four players received a vote. Uh, Stefania and I saw it the same way. Matthew, you went off course and you went with Tyler Higby as the playoff MVP. Again, I'm just going with position scarcity, right? Because there were a lot of running backs that, look, Christian McCaffrey was awesome in the fantasy playoffs. He was awesome all year. Okay. Kenyon Drake was awesome prior, you know, basically since he became the starter in, in Arizona, right? I mean, he was certainly great during the fantasy playoffs. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Saquon, they all produced throughout the year. But Tyler Higby, to get 83 fantasy points out of a tight end you found on the waiver wire in the fantasy playoffs, to me, I, I guess the difference between Tyler Higby and the other tight ends that people were starting with the fantasy playoffs versus the difference between some of the running backs and the other running backs, I, I guess for me, that's what that's the difference that it was for me with Higby. Seven or more catches in each of his final five games, yeah, and at least impressive. 84 yards in each one of those games. Higby was nothing short of a revelation when you needed it the most. He sure was, and you kind of made the case for the guy that's going to eventually win the award. But just a note, Stefania's vote has been the player that has won the award for our first eight awards. Can we keep it up, Stefania? Without further ado, the 6 and oe for the playoff MVP goes to... Christian McCaffrey. No surprise here. How valuable was he to every fantasy I mean, team who drafted? I mean, the thing about Christian McCaffrey that's so amazing is that in addition to being awesome all season, in addition right. to the Panthers not really having anything at stake, they kept putting Christian McCaffrey out there and he kept racking up the points. Love that. All heart. Really playing for his fantasy managers in the playoffs, even when he personally had nothing to gain. Love Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm just going to note this is that to underscore that point even further, Christian McCaffrey was on the highest percentage of leagues that, you know, amongst the finalists. So he was the most likely player to be in a championship this year. Right. So not only did in the playoffs in general as well. So he delivered for more people than Higby did. I, I Higby, I, I, I appreciate the case. I just think that McCaffrey was more commonly rostered on fantasy playoff teams. The other thing is, and maybe this isn't fair to Christian McCaffrey, but one of the it's other not. reasons one of the other reasons I voted for <laughs> Tyler Higby, I'm like, Chris McCaffrey's gonna win some more awards. You know what I mean? Like um, you Tyler, know what? That oh now that's not fair. And I we can talk about that in another but that's like that's saying, you know, you I'm just gonna take that award away from you because you shouldn't have multiple if you earn in multiple categories you should get no, multiple I know, but he was just he was MVP throughout the season. I didn't feel like he was anything special Perhaps. in the playoffs. Well, he was Perhaps. he was basically what he was all season long, which was Awesome but, and amazing. But if you take those weeks in isolation, you are not supposed to factor into what he did. Then you're mm. counting who delivered the most fantasy points during the Look. playoffs. And as Field said, more points for a higher percentage of fantasy players, to me, that makes him the Look, playoff MVP. I've been on Chris McCaffrey since well before it was cool. Like, I got You've all sorts of... a lot of things since well before they were cool. Christian yes. McCaffrey came out of the woodworks. Eighth overall pick. Right. You know, <laughs> no. Totally. But, no, no, no. But in all Who's seriousness, yeah. go back and look not at me. preseason last year. Where I had McCaffrey as a, as a first round pick last year. Yeah, you did. And there were a lot of people that thought that was way too high. And the people thought like, oh, he's going to get vultured by CJ Anderson. That was a legit argument. 
people made, they were like, he's not going to get the scoring opportunities. He's going to get vultured by C.J. Anderson. Is he, He's going to get injured because okay. he can't hold up to a full season. Those were all the arguments that people had as Chris McCaffrey. Look at his ADP from, seriously, from uh, yeah, not know, preseason this year, preseason two years ago, where he was basically going at the end of the second round. Uh, well, let's get to our final award because saying. it might involve Christian McCaffrey, the player of the year in fantasy football, the best player in fantasy football for 2019. We have four nominees. You could probably guess them on your own, but they are Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. We just talked about those two players, Michael Thomas and Dalvin Cook, four guys that we have talked about all season long. McCaffrey scored the most fantasy points. Lamar Jackson had the second most amongst those four players, then Michael Thomas and then Dalvin Cook. And how about this? With the 6 0 I'm going to actually go to Stefania right away because we had a unique circumstance here. The 6 0 goes to Stefania. Christian McCaffrey. And Lamar Jackson. It was a tie vote. Oh, right. It was a tie. It was a, we have co-winners here. We have it co-winners. Equal opportunity. I read the card uh, wrong. Here. Yes. Now, like, Field, oh, you man. voted for Lamar Jackson. You want to make I the did. case for yes, Lamar Jackson. You know what? I don't know why. It was just an emotional tug here. And maybe the case was this. Uh, because I'm sort of factoring in a lot of different things, right? Is that not just the performance, but also the value, right? So sure. if you got Christian McCaffrey, you could have bungled your quarterback spot and maybe ended up, or, you know, you could have had both Lamar, these guys. Right. You could have had them both. So it just felt like value based drafting taken into account. Lamar Jackson, we talked about it earlier, 13th round. Like, even if you didn't nail your, thir- your first round pick, like maybe you took, I'm not saying David Johnson, but let's say you took, I don't know, a guy who was like Joe Mixon. Back into the first round. That's viable, right? And he was great down the stretch, but it took him a while to get there. Uh, Mike Evans, who got hurt. Players like that that could have gone conceivably at the back end of the first round. You paired him with Lamar Jackson. You probably still won your fantasy championship. The case and, for McCaffrey's obvious. But here, and here, for me, for Christian McCaffrey, again, the injury factor comes in. The running back, most vulnerable position. Here's a guy who played in all 17 games, didn't miss a snap, got banged up a couple times, had a sore back, was yeah. on the injury report. Yet he was out there and still consistently delivering fantasy points, even despite getting banged up and despite playing a position where everyone's job is to try to take you to the ground and hit you when you have the ball. The other thing, and I, I don't know... Um, what the stat is on this, but I'll be curious to look in the postseason. Do you remember going into this season, the Panthers were talking about reducing his offensive snaps? Yeah. And they were, yeah. when I went to camp, they were, you were hearing that his touches were going to remain relatively the same, but his percentage of time on the field would be less. I don't think that actually happened. And, you know, oh, if it did, it was it a nominal did, amount. It was, like, it's, it's nominal, like things exactly. like he got banged up for a couple so, snaps here and there. So none of that happened. And yeah. Christian McCaffrey, to me, th- those were part of the reasons why I leaned the way I did. I'll say, and one of the other arguments I made was also, look, and Lamar Jackson was awesome. It was tough for me, but I voted McCaffrey, uh, and I grant you the, the value of Lamar Jackson. But right. for me, what I put into is also a little bit sort of the same coin, of, uh, but just a different side that Stefania is just sort of replacement value. Yeah. Right? Because if you missed out on Lamar Jackson, let, let me say, like, let's say you use an early round pick on Baker Mayfield, right? It, but like, if you need another Josh quarterback, Allen, right? Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, there, it was Daniel. easier to get, a, you know, Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Jameis Winston. No, but like, I mean, look. Our but, savior. Jameis Winston, I mean, but listen, Jameis finished, what did Jameis finish as? Like QB6 or something like probably. that? I mean, like, yeah, probably. I mean, like, yeah. So my point is, is that it was easier to find production at the quarterback position. But if you drafted, for example, David Johnson, you couldn't go out and find that production, especially this year where there yeah, weren't any. There, it was a bad waiver wire year, especially at the running back position. So yep. Chris McCaffrey, who not only put up massive points, but every single week, at least 21 fantasy points in 14 of 16 games this year. It felt like a little bit more uh, uneven for Lamar Jackson. 
By the way, Jameis Winston, Thirsty Kyle throws up on the screen. QB5 in total points. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, Jameis Winston, who also went very late or undrafted in many leagues. And so, for me, that was why I voted for McCaffrey. And also, by the way, just if you're going to say Fantasy Player of the Year, he ended up with more points. Yeah. No. I mean, and which is amazing when you think about that, that he actually had more fantasy points than a quarterback. Yeah, it's just a matter of which way you want to examine it. But both players... Very deserving of our most prestigious. Award. They will share the uh, what I'm I'm being told in my ear right now is that they will share the 06018. Our our budget doesn't okay. allow for two 06010s. So we're in touch with Christian and Lamar. They will mail it back and forth to each once other. Odd once and a week. even months. Uh, yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. There you okay. go. Every other week they will mail it to each other, so they can each share in. The joy that is the 06010. I want to say thank you to everybody that participated in this for our awards show. We yes, had 12 different voters, not just the three of you, but also Mike Clay, Al Zeidenfeld, Eric, and Tristan, uh, both who do a fantastic job with ESPN Eric Fantasy. Eric Carabell and Tristan Cockroft yes. give their last Correct. names. Correct. Eric Carabell and Tristan H. Cockroft uh, as well. Matt Bowen. Keith, uh, who cannot be here with us today, cool Kyle, Keith. Yep. Yep. Kyle Sapi, the Statapillar, Damien Dabrowski, and then myself. We were the 12 voters. So Jackson didn't get a vote? Jackson did not Jackson get a vote. Jackson did not get a vote? No, he did not. Boy, wow. wrong. How um, bitter are you, Jackson? You can say it. Go ahead. That just comes with the territory of a late-round flyer. You know, you get slept on for now. It's it's a future thing. Oh uh, no, it's a, you should you deserve a vote. You deserve as much of a vote as, as you know, the worst member of losing Jackson. <laughs> 2020 is Jackson Ajello's wow. year. We also want to thank a lot of people that put a ton of hard work that goes yes. into this podcast every single day. Kenny and Caroline and Isaac and our entire video team. And 100%. There are many, many people. Those that actually take the video and produce it digitally, distribute it onto ESPN.com, the social ESPN media app, platforms. social media, all of those involved, the entire crew behind the glass. Let me just tell you that these people work incredibly hard. Uh, our, our engine is Kyle Soppy, man. Uh, everybody... You got to, the, the amount of work this guy puts into that show is yeah. incredible. Everybody does. Uh, but without him, I don't know where we are. He's the backbone of what we do. Daniel is our focal point. He is our heartbeat. Everybody that works on this podcast every single day pours a lot of love into it and does an incredible job. Did we, uh, 100%, I echo all those sentiments, Field. It takes uh, a cast of thousands to make us seem semi-presentable. Uh, so we cannot thank them enough. Did we, were we going to total up the board? What, did we want to do that? Right now, because uh, Keith is not here, we have an unofficial board tallying, which I'm going to let Kyle take over. Okay. Okay. You guys were tied going into the season-long bets. Yep. Matthew made a strong push. Field had some Jarvis Landry exposure. We are currently tied 14 to 14 no at this moment. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I think this is our second time we've tied in the past four oh, years. Which one of you is Christian McCaffrey? Which one of you is Lamar Jackson in this scenario? That's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I would say he's Lamar Jackson. I'm a little bit more dynamic. He's a, well, he's certainly well, more spry uh, at this, yeah, at this stage fair. of our careers. Yeah. He's more spry, and he's the quarterback. He's the one who sort of you know he he's, sure. he's the host of the show. He yeah. he distributes Wait, the ball. You know like that. Yeah, yeah. We thought you, you were going to get less Christian, reps. You voted for Lamar. I think it's pretty obvious. It's fair. That's uh, <laughs> that is that is fair enough. So anyway, fourteen fourteen. That's amazing. That is amazing. After really after all the year of all the board bets that we wind up tied. Uh, on Fantasy Football Now, we had the red zone, which after, what was it, something like 170 questions over the course of a year. We were all we're, I, tied. We were, you and I were tied. I won by the tiebreaker, and you and I were tied. We beat Stefania by one question over right. like 170 some odd questions over the course of a 17-week season. Weeks, and we I had three record-breaking weeks. And I three record-breaking weeks. Week, it was amazing. Um, uh, we also want to thank Mike Clay, who did a great yes, job stepping into the podcast. Absolutely. And the CSS DFS will continue to run during the playoffs every Thursday. Oh. Mike. Daniel and Smizzle. No, 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 no. Yes, yeah. Squirrel Clay and Smizzle. Sorry. <laughs> Squirrel Clay and Smizzle. 
thank you guys for all your fun every single day and um, being a huge thank part you, of our, lot, my life for, for the past five the months. Ship I have the to, entire season. I have to tell you, I wish everyone would have the opportunity to spend at least one day working with Field Yates, Stefania Bell, and Daniel Dopp because you guys are incredibly patient, supportive, amazing teammates. Um, it is a true pleasure to work with each of you every day. It's a real honor for me. Uh, you guys put up with a bunch of shenanigans. You have incredible patience. And um, I'm incredibly flattered and uh, and thrilled and cannot thank any of you uh, enough. Um, thank you for, uh, for, you know, letting me do what I do and, uh, you know, uh, making the show what we it is. We need you to be you to so, make the podcast what it is. So we are honored to work alongside you. We well, don't take it all for granted. I want to, and I want to say a couple more thank yous if you don't mind. Would love to thank uh, everyone that came out in New York, in Baltimore, in Detroit, at 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 Soho, at Dolby Soho, for the for the uh, for the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker event. That was a lot of fun. It's always great to see fans. Uh, we will be out live on the road again next year. Um, our thanks to everyone on the social media team here at ESPN uh, that uh, that helped distribute. Uh, you know, we already talked about some of the video uh, people as well. But our thanks to everyone at the ESPN YouTube channel yes. mm-hmm. at uh, at Facebook for uh, ESPN's uh, ESPN Fantasy's Facebook page. Our friends at Twitter. Thank you to everyone over Turn at down. the ESPN app as well. And honestly, Field, I'd also you know listen. Thank you to our fans. We we the say it every time. One. The yep. 06010 Nation is the greatest group of fans. It's so awesome when we go to go out in public and meet you guys. Uh, when And, Field, you and I have had this conversation privately. Stefania, I know you and I have as well, as long as Daniel. is like when I go out and people recognize me in public, the first thing that comes up is the podcast. Sometimes 100%. they'll mention the column or they'll mention, you know, Stern or they'll mention the fantasy show or Fanciful Now or something like that. They'll mention, you know, Avengers, a League. The by the far podcast. the majority is the podcast is the O six O one O and we've been doing this a long long time and uh, the only reason we get to do it is because people uh, like yourselves tune in every single day that you at least download whether you um, listen or not. It's weird for me because usually it goes they 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 ask me about losing Parker first and then they ask me about the right podcast. of course obviously right. yeah <laughs> for me way, it is the podcast yeah that's this fair. is not this is not goodbye this is not goodbye for a while this is so long for now. Um, this we is will, putting a wrap on 2020. 2020, 2019. Not, not 2019. 2019. Yeah. Look at you trying to do I was like, oh, man. I must well, slid that under the... Ah. If, if you do subscribe to the podcast, keep that subscription. Don't unsubscribe. We right. won't be spamming your podcast folder. We will just be adding some notes in there occasionally beyond the CSS DFS podcast, which will come out every Thursday throughout the playoffs. And then... I might be biting off more than I can chew. Maybe some executives will tell me that I'm wrong here, but we're going to have some fun and mix it up this offseason with a couple of Correct. ideas that might be not just fantasy. We'll have some fun and figure something out and uh, maybe just some some just some just talk and shop, talking yes, about life. We, we, will, we, will have a, we will have a lot of fun with that. Oh, and last thing I should thank. I should thank everyone that played uh, in uh, the men's and women's leagues. Uh, I want to thank the uh, Celebrity League. Uh, first, thank you very much to Darius Rucker, to Rachel Lindsay, to Lord and Miller, to Anthony Mackey, to uh, Topher Grace and Sim Sarna, Field to you and Stefania, to John Legend, to Zach Efron, to Kyle Bush, to Jim Parsons, to Evan Longoria, 
and to our 2019 champion, Miles, Miles Teller, Teller, who, uh, who Eagles just Miles. made the playoffs right. a couple of weeks. And, uh, he had a, uh, he had a great fantasy he had a year. Great so, fantasy sure did. Great so, year, great life for Miles Teller. Congratulations yeah. to him. And by the way, Top Gun looks awesome. Yeah. That's sure his does. next film. So, uh, that looks so. Anyway, thank you to all of our celebs for playing. Do you want to give a shout out to, uh, who won our, do we know who won our men's and women's leagues? Don't know. I know that Stefania and I did not do well in our in our. Uh, Is this league. a sore subject for you guys? Well, in the show league, we just didn't do very well, Matthew Barry. I don't know what you want me to say about it, but <laughs> I will say this: uh, and the end of the year, you can't defeat us. Which was Tracy Long came in first, beating uh, Josh Felder, the crappy span you've never heard of from uh, <laughs> Juliana Theory, three twenty to two ninety. So congratulations to Tracy, man! I, like. It, we did not. Stefania and I played very poorly this year. I would like to Speak say for that. Yourself. Oh wow! Well, you drafted the you first seven rounds. Nowhere to go yeah. but up, Daniel. You guys with the Nowhere Bruce Allen of 2019. To... Oh wow! wow. No, 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 Ending no. 2019 with a shot across the oh, bow. I'm sorry. I take that back. I love you. I love all the fans. We will talk to you guys sometime soon. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna. In case you didn't know, Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead, give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me, because I don't think you could. You, you're, you're, you, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gate. At field gate. Stefania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.